mind hip talking chimpanzees, Parker quarterbacks, Matt Blitz out as interviews, Bobby roaring fast. You and me, we're here for this to catch the latest show. Kingdom Five, them super flex. Come on in, let's go. Hey y'all, prepare yourself for the super flex pod. Welcome back to another episode of Zuperflex. This time we're recording earlier than six months apart, which is a new record for us. Not really. When we first started, we had two weeks apart, but it's nice to be somewhat back on a regular schedule. And it's also nice to be joined by my co-host, Matt. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. It's it's good to be here with our guest. I won't spoil it for, I'll let you do the reveal, but haven't podcasted with this guy for quite a long time and it's good to talk to him again. Yeah, and Matt alluded to it already, so we won't hold anyone in suspense. Our guest today <laughs> is Travis May. And Travis, go ahead and introduce yourself, and then I'll give out all your various accolades, as I called them before. Yeah, it's it's good to be uh, back with you both. I, I don't think it's it's been a while since I've fo- podcasted with either of you guys, so good to talk some football and talk about uh, some animals and uh, <clears throat> hop on a show that I, I definitely appreciate. So. Yeah, de- definitely good to be with you. I've I've been a, at a few different places, but yeah, now mo- mostly with Rotoviz. But yeah, n- n- I guess that I know both you guys mainly through DLF starting out for the most part. Yeah, man, we, we yep. used to talk a lot more frequently. Now, now you're no. you've moved on to bigger and better things. Forgetting about the little people in your life, Travis. Shit, you know? <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, yeah got got Travis is more big of both of you in my now. life. <laughs> right, that's that's definitely yeah, that's it. You know, he broke up the Dynasty Life pod. He wanted basically, he just wanted his solo career. So, yeah, Justin, you just, if you're listening, just, just think about all the lives you've ruined, Travis, in the Dynasty community. It's just, it's just yeah. sad a little bit. I, I didn't know I had ruined everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I apologize. As Travis mentioned, you can find him at Rotoviz. Uh, he does pretty much everything at Rotoviz. He's also a podcaster and writer for Dynasty Command. And does some Titans coverage at Titans MCM. Uh, Today, guys, we're going to talk about some quarterbacks. It may not be the most exciting quarterbacks, but we're also going to talk about the players around them. So we're going to talk about Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, and Phillip Rivers. I think we pretty much have to start talking about Tom Brady. And I also didn't put this on the show sheet, but I'm going to put you guys on the spot. And if you can come up with an animal comp for Tom Brady, I will be pleasantly surprised but first let's talk a little bit about fantasy football and let's start with travis travis what are your thoughts about tom brady on the bucks well it's a miracle that he's actually still uh on any nfl team so it's it's great bravo man he he made it another season but he's going to be the basically the first quarterback ever to play at what age 43 uh and hopefully play for a, a full season i guess if you draft him in fantasy football or if he's still rotting on your dynasty roster somewhere um, but yeah, it looks like they're, they're going to get him all the weapons that he possibly can to, uh, succeed. Uh, the, the running backs might be a little bit, uh, questionable, but his, his weapons through the air definitely look a lot of fun, uh, with Chris Godwin, 
and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski and OJ Howard and Arians has already went on the record and say that they're going to be in a, in 12 personnel, you know, two wide receivers, two tight ends. That's going to be their base. They'll even have a package for 13 personnel. He, he kind of went on the record to talk about that in a couple of different uh, zoom interviews. So I think they're, they're building it in a way that, you know, it, it, it Tom Brady's going to have all the weapons around him to make the plays and to continue his efficiency, even if his arm strength is kind of gone and uh, he can still find some success, maybe the mid range uh, levels uh, of the field, uh, which, which is perfect because that's where Chris Godwin has kind of dominated. So uh, I think he has all the tools to give us one more decent season, especially uh, in super flex leagues. If he's just, you know, you're holding on to him, hopefully hoping he can give you one more good season. Matt, what do you think? Do you have different opinions than Travis? Generally agree? Yeah, I think he's probably, I mean, like in a, in a redraft format, I think he's probably a quarterback two at this point, but it's hard to ignore the weapons, uh, you know, other than what was it, 2007 with Randy Moss and Wes Welker and those guys. Other than that year, it's probably the best set of weapons he's ever had in his entire career. So it's, you know, it's just, it's going to be really inter- interesting to see how he messaged with the, Arians offense you have to think they bring in Tom Brady they're probably going to let Tom Brady do whatever he wants to do um uh and everybody's I, we haven't gotten here yet but I'll just introduce it you know we've we've kind of moved on to moving up Chris Godwin up into up above Mike Evans at this point but I don't know I I, I understand the arguments for how Brady fits better with them but it's hard to for me to ignore six straight thousand yard receivers receiving seasons from uh, Mike Evans. So I still, I still kind of, kind of like him a little bit more. I don't know if I would move him straight up for, for Godwin if there was that kind of trade scenario, um, just because I don't really think you have to, but you know, for, for 2020, at least, I think I still prefer Evans at this point, it just entering that, that, really those prime production years at wide receiver Godwin's obviously very good and and I guess if we're going to say that you know Tom Brady we're not going to like his arm strength his downfield accuracy all that kind of stuff at this point in his career then I can understand why Godwin is the more attractive thing but I think his, his skill set also is going to kind of overlap more with the Gronkowski and OJ Howard if he gets going a little bit more so than he would with Mike Evans uh, skill set so I feel like Evans is, is still the guy for me at least for 2020. Yeah, and they both finished uh, top 12 at their position last season. And that was just because Winston was throwing so much. I've gone on record and written about the fact that I don't think they can both finish top 12, and one of them will probably disappoint at their ADP. I'm not sure who I think it will be. I generally believe more in Mike Evans because, as you said, he has the track record of doing it longer. But I think people are valuing Godwin because his skill set, as you said, does match up with Tom Brady. And he's also younger, and that matters in Dynasty to a degree. Uh, Travis, what do you think of those two receivers, and which one would you give preference to? I would give the edge to Godwin. There's not like a huge gap for me, but I think uh, many people have kind of made the transition to give the nod to Godwin. Just one, because in Dynasty, people are obsessed with age, and Godwin is younger, and he's going to be around longer. Uh, but really, I mean, you can't deny, like, like Matt said, uh, just his consistency of year after year, just being a nonstop producer. So I don't think Evans is going to drop off and just no longer be, you know, a top 15 wide receiver, but I, I could definitely see him, uh, falling out of the wide receiver one ranks at least this year with Tom Brady at the helm. But last year, I, they both were just really efficient. 
um, somehow, even with Jameis Winston throwing him the ball, they both, uh, I'm going to be diving into kind of a more, um, more, more of a really in-depth look at expected fantasy points some this summer over at Rotoviz. And last year, they both had almost identical expected points uh, given their roles in that offense. Like they both were around 201, 202 expected fantasy points and both exceeded that with Jameis at the helm. But now when you bring in Gronkowski, I'm not sure that that role in terms of overall pass attempts stays the same. Like you said, Bobby, maybe that, that, that ducks down a little bit. Maybe they miss a little bit um, and don't kind of match their extreme efficiency, especially Godwin uh, and perhaps disappoints and, and, and don't, perhaps neither of them gives us a top, you know, eight ish wide receiver season, which I think that that would be the expectation for at least one of them. Uh, So I think both of them are kind of in the back end wide receiver one conversation this year, um, just because I don't really know what Gronk is, but he's probably going to get force fed some. And I I think like, like you said, Bobby, the pie is going to get a little bit smaller. And so the expected points involved, uh, going to be lower. And so we might see, unless they maintain a, just elite level efficiency, like top tier level efficiency, um, they might just drop a hair. But really, they're both fantastic assets. And uh, it, it's not crazy anymore to see two really good wide receivers with top 20 finishes. So I think it's going to happen again. And they're both pretty safe that dynasty assets to hold or buy right now. Here's a follow up question. I'll start with Matt. So we all know that Tom Brady is obviously playing beyond an age that any quarterback has ever played at. And he signed a deal to ideally be there for at least another few seasons in Superflex, What's the highest rookie pick that you would give them? And let's call it 2021 at this point, since most 2020 drafts are probably over. I mean, in super, super flex, like any quarterback worth anything is basically worth a, a first round pick. But once you get down to the guys like breeze and, Brady and, and I guess we can throw Rivers in there. I think at that point you're looking at, you know, a mid second at, at, at the, at the, at the very high end, I think. I think, and, and more likely I would want to pay a late second, but you know, if most, most people that are going to have Brady on their team or Breeze on their team, they're, they're probably competing teams. So at that point, are they really going to move on from him? So maybe you catch somebody in a rebuilding year that just has him standing on his roster and will take a second round pick for them. But I don't think that that's going to be a, a worthy move for somebody that's competing in 2020. Yeah. Travis, what do you think? Do you think mid second sounds right? If I'm trying to buy, um, that's what I would do if I was a, a competing team. But yeah, if, if I'm a competing team, it's hard to settle for any, anything less than a first just because you probably don't have uh, the bandwidth to do that and still compete. So uh, those are the kind of assets that I'm looking to acquire maybe after somebody who thought they were competitive uh, is no longer competitive uh, come week six or something like that. But I am. I mean, I, maybe I'm a, a mid-range team and uh, an asset like Drew Brees or Tom Brady would push me over the edge. And then I'd go fishing with the, even an early second, you know, just to try to get a guy that I think can make a difference immediately this year and win now. Yeah. And I don't necessarily disagree with any of that. I generally think most starting quarterbacks, even if they're older, especially the contenders are worth the late first. So if you can get those guys per second, I'd be all over that. I've seen some teams that are not that competitive. And this could just be my personal leagues that have Tom Brady at this point. Um, a lot of teams that used to be competitive now have kind of hit their age windows and are no longer that competitive and have Tom Brady. But we're going to, uh, as Scott gave me last week, transition just slightly. And I should say it like transition. 
Um, and what we're going to talk about is, did you manage to come up with an animal comp for Tom Brady? If you did not, it's fine. I have one just so that we have at least one, but I'm curious if you guys do. I'm, I'm going to call him a sloth just because he's slow and efficient and sloths are slow and efficient animals. Uh, the way they move, the way they eat, everything they do is about efficiency. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with sloth. Travis. Yeah, I was I was thinking something like really really slow. So I just I just went with like a, a turtle, and he's like a four hundred year old turtle. So he's <laughs> you know he's really wise. You know he he's he's he survived somehow this long to to make it, and uh, you know slow slow turtle still finds a way to win the race sometimes for you. So uh, that's my count. Nice. Mine is, and this is also based somewhat on comic books. So it's a Wolverine because for a while in the comics there was Old Man Wolverine. And basically, he just never dies. And even not old man Wolverine never dies. And he just keeps fighting. Keep, And even the animal is pretty aggressive, I've heard. Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure Wolverines are pretty aggressive. Maybe yeah, I'm just I, yeah, I wouldn't, the Wolverine community. I mean, I wouldn't mess with the Wolverine, but they probably also... You know me. You know my line, Bobby. They're not, they don't want to mess with you. If, if don't you don't bother time. them, they won't bother exactly. you. Exactly. If you do exactly. bother them, you will... They'll mess it. you up. Yeah, just like Tom Brady. If you bother him, he will mess you up. Bobby, I am not surprised at all that you ha- somehow snuck in a comic book reference to the show. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I do every once in a while. What we're going to do now, though, is we're going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater. And guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm still kind of figuring out how I feel about this move. On the one hand, I really want Teddy to succeed because we all saw that gruesome injury that he had. On the other hand, I'm not sure that we ever really saw all that much out of him. I do really like the weapons in Carolina and obviously the offensive coordinator in Brady. Is that right? Am I just brain farting now? I'm pretty sure. Go Brady. Brady. Good job. Good job, self. You can do this. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Joe Brady obviously had a great college season and we're hoping that he can bring that over. But what do you make of it? And this time we'll start with Travis. I mean, is can it really be worse than uh, Kyle Allen there? Uh, so for the for everyone else there, uh, I think it's a is a lateral move, if not better, <laughs> in in some ways. Uh, I, I, I mean, know that there's a there's one new wide receiver there in Robbie Anderson, but uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater has some great weapons to succeed. Uh, he had some great weapons last year too, but I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey is one of the most impressive athletic just beasts uh and, and fantasy football real football weapons that we've seen in and maybe nfl history so i think uh, that helps him a lot to have somebody efficient like that out of the backfield both as a runner and receiver to give him his kind of short passes that he likes to go to um a little bit of extra yardage uh and then he's got a, a deeper threat in uh, robbie anderson and even a guy who can get open deep he just wasn't hit deep a lot last year at curtis samuel and then you've got dj moore who does a little bit of everything and is open everywhere uh so i think he's got a lot of efficient weapons to to pass the ball around to and if he does figure out a way to succeed and he does actually stick long term there he could be a surprisingly valuable asset especially you know let's just say after week six and people are like oh yeah you know Teddy Bridgewater, we all liked him like two years ago. Like we should get back on that. And, and and so even now, like just seeing what happened to Ryan Tannehill's value, um, and even though he had just a, an unsustainable, unsustainably efficient season last year, he's not going to 
you know, match that efficiency this year, people think that he's valuable again. I think people could get back there and perhaps even more with Teddy Bridgewater. Matt, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I don't. I don't really see many scenarios of him failing both in the NFL or, or for fantasy. Honestly, uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to do with Joe Brady. I think we're going to find out how, what, you know, what, how, how much of the LSU offense was Joe Brady and how much of it was Joe Burrow pretty quick here. And like Travis mentioned, the weapons are, are great. Uh, I guess you could say the offensive line is a little bit of concern. The defense is a mess. They spend every single draft pick on the defense. So, uh, if that doesn't come together quickly, we, be, we could be looking at a lot more volume from, from Teddy as well. So, uh, he's always been a guy that I've rooted for, uh, you know, he had his questions, of course, coming out of out of college. You know, deep ball accuracy, Teddy two gloves. Why, why didn't you wear your glove during the the, the combine throws or pro day yeah. throws, whichever whichever it was? You know, but he's always been somebody that I, I've rooted for. He seems like a very smart, uh, you know, kind of cerebral back, and uh, you know, had a chance to learn behind Breeze. Uh, who else could you want to learn behind um, if you're if you have that kind of skill set? So. Uh, the combination of weapons he has, the coach that just came in and has a, an exciting offense. Uh, I just, I don't really see him failing. And I think he's honestly in super flex leagues. I think he's one of the, one of the bigger values this year that you could buy. Uh, I mean, you probably don't want to spend too much on him just because he's a little bit of an unknown as, as a full time starter. But, you know, I, I thought he played very well for the Saints last year and, and kept them in that playoff run when many thought that they would might fall off of that once, once Breeze got hurt. I'm going to throw you guys a curveball here. This was not on the show sheet. But I recently traded, there were other pieces involved, but I recently traded a Teddy share for a Gardner Minshew share. Tell me either why I was right to do that or why I was wrong, starting with Travis. <laughs> I I would never tell you that you would be wrong trading for <laughs> Gardner mustache Minshew, man. I just That dude is just too fun to root for. I mean, even, I mean, I love college football and what he did. Uh, he was a, just a ridiculous long shot to do what he did. He came in and tossed the rock around for like 50 times a game and was efficient in doing so. Uh, and then immediately can't, comes in as a sixth round pick and finds a way to just not dominate, but, you know, have some success at the NFL level after, you know, his first three seasons of college, he didn't even have like 3000 combined passing yards. And then all of a sudden he was just this incredible, awesome guy with an on brand, perfect mustache. And so it's just, no, I'm not going to tell you're, you're wrong for that. But I, at the same time, I could see something kind of bad happening. One, because this is the Jaguars. And two, because they don't have really super proven wide receiver play uh, this year. So, yeah, I like DJ Chark, but I don't like a whole lot of the other options there to, to catch the ball. Yeah, they brought in Tyler Eifert, who will be healthy for a game and a half. Uh, and and LaVisca Chenault, who will be healthy for two and a half games. And um, so maybe that that helps him out. But I, I like the weapons with Teddy. I like that he uh, – there's just something – I mean, he was valuable when it didn't even make sense for him to be valuable. So if I think if, if he's going to be what I think he's going to be this year, I think he's going to pass up Minshew in value. So he might be the more valuable asset, but go get your dude, man. It's just too too fun to root for. Matt? Uh, I think I, I lean more towards Travis's side for, for a lot of what he said, the, the weapons, uh, he's, he's got the, he got the contract, you know, I know they can probably get out of it, uh, if they want to at, at some point, but he's got the contract. He's got, I don't know. He's just, he's, he's a little bit more proven, I think. Uh, but I think they're in that same range. You know, I don't think it's a terrible move or anything. I just kind of pre- prefer Teddy's situation to men's situation and, and Jacksonville in general it, for, for, for right or wrong. It's just one of those organizations that I don't trust and, and generally avoid, you know, pretty much all of the players for it. I'm not into Leonard Fournette, DJ Chark. I will say he had 
maybe the craziest turnaround from year one to year two of any wide receiver I've ever seen. Like he looked, just looked like a completely different player to me. Um, so he's, he, you know, he's, he's interesting, but I could, I, I, if someone said shark is going to fall off a cliff in, in, in 2020, I wouldn't necessarily bat an eye at that. I like LaVisca Chenault, um, but I just don't think they can match the weapons or the organization uh, in Carolina. So, Well, I'll put this out there. I think the Carter <laughs> Mitchell will have more fantasy points than Teddy Bridgewater, even though I don't think his weapons are better. And I've gotten in this argument with a friend of all of ours, John Bosch, where John Bosch, actually also Kevin Cotillo, both of them don't think Gardner Minshew will be a starter next season. I will go out on a limb and say he will be a starter. And there are some reasons. This was not a Gardner Minshew podcast, so I'm not going to get too deep into it. But as Travis mentioned, because he is a six-round pick, his rookie contract is super cheap. Because of his personality, he also sells tickets, which franchises care about. And he sells merchandise, which franchises care about. So as long as he wins some games and wins enough to like make them kind of competitive, I think that he has a job next season. And that is Plus, my argument for him. I mean, he and the owner have epic mustaches. So they, they, they definitely <laughs> Mustache bond friends. together, right? Yeah, that's got to be. You can't fight that logic. The, the the other scenario is that he's terrible, and then they draft his replacement like <laughs> next year. Yeah, whereas, that might happen. Whereas, it, it, even if Carol, Carolina is terrible, uh, and they they do draft somebody, I bet we still get at least one more year of Teddy. That would be well, my guess. The one thing that I think will happen if they draft somewhere there, Matt. Let's say they draft like Trevor Lawrence or Fields, then they're going to have a condition in the contract that says you must grow an awesome mustache to, so we can continue to sell <laughs> these mustache items to our fans. I think they can st- sell like if they get fields, they can sell like strawberries or something instead. You know, like I think they'll figure it out the marketing angle. Yeah, I suppose that's we, we maybe we need some sort of super flex bet here, Bobby. I'll I'll take Teddy. You have Gardner. I don't know what the stakes are, but um, I'll let you I, figure I, it out. I would, but I'm not going to lie. I've been a bet of a fantasy football betting addict lately, and I've made <laughs> way too many bets. Most of them on Drew Lock. I have like four or five bets that the summation is basically Drew Locke sucks. Like there's some very fine points on it, but the summation is Bobby thinks Drew Locke sucks and he will bet that he thinks Drew Locke sucks. Well, then I, all I'm hearing is you need to diversify your betting portfolio with us with some other quarterbacks. Yeah. I already have a bet with <laughs> Kevin, who I mentioned that Gardner Minshew will still be a starter this time next year. That's fair. I mean, but really, there's only like three, time. maybe maybe four quarterbacks that they they could draft and they'll probably not be bad enough to get, I mean, it's going to be Lawrence and Fields one too, probably when it's all said and done. So they, unless they have a top two pick next year, like maybe it's Trey Lance or you know, there's realistically, if they mess out on Fields and and Lawrence, I don't know. So I think I think it's a good bet. You it, mentioned it, you mentioned the only three quarterbacks I can even think of for the 2021 <laughs> class, Travis. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you got like Brock Purdy. Some people like him from Iowa State, but that's nope. he's not going to be a, he's not going to be a first round pick probably because Iowa State's replacing like four out of five offensive linemen, and so he's going to have problems. Jamie Newman, he might even, not even start over JT Daniels. People liked him, and so for Georgia, like I don't know. And then there's a few other options, but they're not going to start over Minshew, so. Seems seems yeah. like a pretty good bet. I think so too. And I also I need Gardner Minshew to continue starting because when he does, I can do my no shave November and continue to raise money that way by looking like him. So he needs to continue starting for charity. I mean, if if you do that again, we've got to get 
Gardner somehow involved. We've got a tw- every we have the entire guys <laughs> community tweet your do. pictures at him. He w- I think he would too. So we're if you're doing yeah. that again, we're gonna we're gonna get him involved. I need to like feel out the vibe at my office. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, I have a new job. <laughs> I'm not sure how that would go over. We're just showing up with mustache to my clients too, but uh, they might be into it. There's definitely some people who get it. As long as you wear the headband too, it's fine. <laughs> but. That would actually and that, be a really interesting way to show and, up. To and, that one, and that one-piece suit or whatever it was that, that emerged. The Elvis, the Elvis looking shirt, suit, suit, whatever it was. <laughs> or maybe like yeah. the cut-off George look. That, that's mm. good. I may. So this is a tangent, <laughs> but apparently our listeners like when we go on tangents. I may actually end up having to wear jorts because one of my bets, I was a little too confident in this one, was <laughs> that Daniel Jones would be within a point per game or better of Kyler Murray this season. Woo! And that was before the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And then the Hopkins trade happened. And I just went, oh, I'm a little less confident. And Bobby's going to be a now. never nude. Oh, yep. man. <laughs> I'll accidentally blew myself too during that time. This is a, this is a time for transition. So <laughs> we're going to talk about Philip Rivers, who never accidentally blues himself blows himself i don't know how to make it not inappropriate so because he just has so many kids that's where i was going with that travis is wow. totally caught off guard with that and matt's just disappointed i'm, I'm so right uncomfortable right now <laughs> and it's the first time i've ever been uncomfortable on a podcast before perfect that's what i'm here for <laughs> we're going to talk about philip rivers on the colts and this is an interesting one because obviously he had a down year and we all know that Philip Rivers is capable of throwing a ton of interceptions and having some off games. But there's also some people, at least in the Twitterverse, who seem to think that he just kind of lost interest in playing and his particular team last year. He just was kind of over being there. I'm curious if you guys think that he was just over being a charger or he's just aging and bad. And since we started with Travis last time, we'll start with Matt. I don't know if he was, I mean, who knows? Philip Rivers, I think, is one of the, like, I don't know what the word for it is, but like the most fierce competitors of any quarterback in the NFL. Like he's somebody that I, that I, I've always en- enjoyed rooting for. Like he, I like how he yells at the refs, how he gets upset as his own players. Uh, you know, I, I just, I think that. I think that he, him in, in, in Indianapolis is going to be good for him. Playing behind that offensive line, probably the best offensive line he's had in his entire career. They, they, the Chargers just never could get it right there. You know, they would, oh, let's draft DJ Fluker, who is a, a, a run blocker. Let's let's bring in Russell Oak, uh, retread Russell Okung with heart issues. You know, I just I just don't ever think that they ever really um, – supported him from that aspect so i'm excited to see rivers in, in indianapolis i don't know if it's going to last for more of, of more than 2020 or not um and in the quarterback situation i think after rivers is a little bit scary but i'm excited to see what he can do i think he's going to bring back to life um uh ty hilton a little bit just because of his aggressive nature downfield now if he has a dead arm like some people are saying then then maybe that's not a thing but uh, i think he has short op- short option weapons like paris campbell may you know who was hurt basically his entire rookie season. Uh, and we know how he likes to use the tight end. So I think Jack Doyle is a fine sleeper there too. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what River is going to bring to the Colts in, in 2020. And I don't know if they're going to win the division necessarily, but I definitely think that they're a playoff team. And I love that organization. And I, I, clearly, I love that offensive line behind uh, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and those guys. I think he's going to fa- feel, feel protected maybe for, for one of the first times in his entire career. 
And before we move on to Travis, real quick, just to give our listeners some actionable advice, what would you pay for Philip Rivers in Superflex? I, I think it's the same range as Brady. I think it, you're looking at that mid-second round range if, if you're trying to buy. But again, I think it's the same situation with with Brady also on the other end that you're going to have to find the right team that has him because if you're a competing team in a Superflex league, I just don't think you're going to really sell a starting quarterback for that if you need him for your run. So I think it's the same range mid 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 to late second. I'd probably go a little bit earlier than Brady just because I, I do think he has a chance to maybe play a couple more years and I like that organization a little bit better. Um, but I think it's yeah that mid somewhere in the second round, probably a mid second. All right. Travis, your thoughts on Rivers? Yeah, so it's hard to say that he he goes to a situation where he uh, definitively has better weapons because you know he had like uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. Austin Eckler proved to be an incredibly efficient receiving back, and so that's that's a lot of fun just weapon wise. But I think you hit it on the head, Matt, when you were just talking about his offensive line play. Uh, when you have a quarterback like Rivers and you do nothing to really really fix. And, and set up the offensive line long term. Yeah. I'd get tired of just being back there and knowing, Hey, I'm an old man now. I've got like 47 kids. I can't even move my hips anymore. Like <laughs> I get, I get tired. I'd get tired of that crap too. So I don't know what about the, the narrative about him getting tired, but I, I know I probably would have been. So that, that would have, that would have worn me out, but in a fresh situation with good offensive line, I mean, he's got like, at least one or two of his offensive linemen are probably both top 20 offensive linemen in the league. Yeah. Uh, so that really helps. Uh, I think uh, the ground game is going to be balanced no matter who gets the ball. Marlon Mack was good enough to start and, and be a good back last year anyway. And Naheem Hines, is he's not been what he was in college. He was really electric for college, not maybe the best pro. But you bring in Jonathan Taylor, who's got one of the best you know production profiles for any running back prospect. Uh, ever, I mean, I mean, in terms of yards per scrimmage per game, uh, he he has more than anyone in college football history. Somebody that, that's just absolutely dominated. I think he can come in and be a great support for Rivers. Uh, and then you have T.Y. Hilton, the speed there, the uh, yak ability of a healthy Paris Campbell, uh, Doyle, who's an underrated tight end, and then Michael Pittman, who absolutely destroyed in his final season for USC when he was well for the first time in his career you know put a, an entirely healthy season together so um uh, he he's probably immediately better than Mike Williams and T.Y. Hilton is faster than Keenan Allen uh so maybe he gives some uh gives him some options that just have more natural separation perhaps uh so I, I like Philip Rivers this year and I would be looking to buy low Travis, what do you think of well, this? Isn't a quarterback question, I guess, but what do you think of a comp of Michael Pittman towards another receiver that Philip Rivers had a lot of success with, and Vincent Jackson? You know, similar size, Vincent Jackson, I think a little bit yeah. faster, but like he clearly yeah. knows how to use that type of receiver. So I, I too am very excited to see what Pittman does with Rivers. Absolutely, I think that's exactly who Rivers will see him as, just because uh, Pittman can win in contested situations, but he can naturally separate at the second level. Like it, he doesn't need need help you know I and mean, he just he doesn't even have to win with this physicality but he does anyway in many cases off the line so there's a lot of, of things just to like about Pittman from a film standpoint and not to mention Frank Reich is just in love with the dude so uh I don't know if you saw some of the videos just about uh Reich just um uh, loving Mike Michael Pittman like months before I think even in January he just had a crush on him so they're, they're gonna use him downfield 
uh, off the line of scrimmage in the physicality and in short situations uh, and, and use like D.Y. Hilton in motion probably a, quite a bit uh, pre-snap to really create some immediate quick release throws for Philip Rivers who may have lost some minor strength, but he's got, he's got some touch. He's got the, the intelligence and, and the know-how of being in the league for 15 years uh, to, uh, to find an open wide receiver. So I just, I like Rivers as, as a great buy low and in a better situation than he's had. Maybe not necessarily weapon wise, but definitely offensive line wise, maybe ever. Yeah. And, and another feather in his cap is that he had some, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure some of his best seasons came with when Frank Reich was with the Chargers there. And yeah, uh, so he's got that, that, uh, connection as well. So I'm really yeah. excited about this. Uh, I think the Colts are going to be really strong this year. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that because I have. I hate it. I'm a Titans fan, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I have uh, Rivers on a team that has gone to back to back to back championships. I've only won one of them, but I'm hoping to go for my fourth straight championship game. And Rivers is one of my quarterbacks. It's a super flex league, so hopefully he can still get me to the promised land. And I do have. I didn't ask you guys for this, but I will give an animal comp for Philip Rivers. And it is a Tasmanian devil. Ooh, I and like it. The reason is, even though Matt will probably tell you, if you leave them alone, they won't bother you. <laughs> Tasmanian <laughs> devils are incredibly aggressive, rated by most zoologists, one of the top five aggressive animals on the planet, pretty much. And the reason I say that is if you watch any game with Philip Rivers, after almost every play, he's off on the sidelines, cursing everybody and himself out repeatedly. So, and it also just kind of, you know, I earlier I related to comics. Now we're going to go to uh, cartoons. <laughs> so it's just the Looney Tunes Tasmanian Devil. Something about that just seems like you could be Philip <laughs> Rivers' spirit animal. So that's where I fall on that. Do you guys think that's a good comp for Philip Rivers? Yeah, I like that. I was going to go like Honey Badger or something, but similar, you know, similar, similar aggressive animals, smart aggressive animals. I, I was going to go with uh, alligator because, like, he can't. You know, like he's just kind of a, like, you know, they, they can only pretty much run in a straight line. You know, like they can't really turn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and like he's got that shot put throw. They've got those little tiny arms. Like, imagine an alligator trying to throw a football. It would be like Philip Rivers <laughs> throwing a football. <laughs> that, that's I like it. I like it. With that, we're actually going to uh, transition into our animal of the week. And before we do this, we have one animal of the week, but Travis had suggested two. And initially he had suggested a black panther, which I'm going to out myself here. I had yet to realize it's not real animal. And supposedly there's some <laughs> folklore around it in Tennessee. So I'm going to let Travis talk a little bit about that before we get into yeah, the actual animal of the week. <laughs> I'll keep it brief. But basically, you know, there have been, I guess in the last 15 years or so, like there have been black panther sightings. Uh, all over Tennessee. In fact, like if, um, it, if you haven't lived here for very long, you might not know this. And it's, it's it, Nashville is like a city of transplants, but I, I've got some friends who are hunters. Uh, and I've got some friends that, uh, have been around here forever. They got all sorts of stories, but one of my buddies who was actually in, in prison for a time, uh, when he was in, he actually, there was this kind of like this hill down to this little valley and then there's this tree line and he saw like these deer out there and like he, he tells like this full, like the, what happened in probably 15 seconds, he makes like a 10 minute story. Uh, but anyway, he basically saw this giant black looking thing that had a long tail pounce out and take down one of these deer and just like drag it with him. Um, 
And so, you know, it's just, it, there's, everybody has some kind of story. Um, not everybody, but you know, there are people that just have kind of funny stories about, uh, you know, they probably get bigger over time, but you know, there are cougars here in Tennessee. Uh, I, there's not any known examples of, uh, melanistic cougars. I don't think that are all, all black, but you know, it's, it's just folklore around here. So it's like, it's almost like they're, they're Bigfoot around here. Like people are probably just confusing them for like a large coyote and it's near dark and it's kind of darker, but it's, it, yeah, it's just, I, I thought it was, it's, and when they talk about it, they all call it a black Panther, even though there's not really a black Panther. Like that doesn't, that's not a thing. Like it, I mean, it's like either a Jaguar that's all black or a leopard that's all black, but you know, there's not really black Panthers. So it's just kind of funny when you hear people talk about it, even like it's, it's made on, it's made local news here a couple of times uh, that somebody saw a black Panther and like that, the news people say black Panther on there as well. So it's just kind of goofy. <laughs> Well, it at least made me feel better that I'm not the only one that doesn't recognize that Black Panthers aren't a real animal. Yeah. But we are going to talk about a real animal now, and it is Mako sharks. Is that how you pronounce it? Mako. 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 Mako sharks. And before we got on the podcast, you were also talking about uh, going swimming with basically dangerous animals. And Travis has had the experience of going in a shark cage before Matt wants to do it. And Matt has also said that he's been in waters with what was it? 20 sharks, Matt? At, at least 20 sharks, like and little reef response, sharks. They're nothing. They're nothing. They're little reef sharks. Five sharks in the water. <laughs> I'd be dead from a heart attack. So that tells you where we all are at on this. However, <laughs> I'm going to let Matt share some fun facts about. No, no, we let, no, no, we let the oh, no. guests go first. Remember, Sorry. Bobby? Travis. We're going to let you <laughs> so, tell us why you like Mako sure. sharks. And then we're going to share. Mako. Mako sharks. But anyway, I mean, I've had some interesting interactions with sharks a couple of times. And even like in the uh, the Bahamas, my, my wife and I were probably 150, 150 yards out and, you know, a little bit over up, up to our waist in this little island. And I almost ran into a nurse shark. And uh, my wife freaked out because we just saw this big gray thing in front of us, hopped on her little floaty thing. <laughs> I tried to get my camera out quick enough, but it, it was just super chill because nurse shark, sharks are killing it chill and they just kill <laughs> chill and they just, they just swim around me. But I, you know, it, I, I've loved sharks for forever. I think um, my, my uncle got me a, uh, he, he went shark fishing and caught this big lemon shark. It was like a six and a half footer. And he had this mold uh, made up to look like this lemon shark that he caught. And so he actually gifted that to me just because I was such a shark nerd as a kid. And so I actually had uh, a, a copy <laughs> of a, a little mold of a uh, six and a half foot lemon shark that uh, was on my wall in my room for forever. So I just, I was always into sharks. And so I always knew random facts about sharks, but I thought Mako sharks were super cool because they're ridiculously fast. I think they can go like 40 something miles per hour and they can leap out of the water like several feet. Um, so I just, I thought they were really cool. I think the easiest answer for people to like, have a favorite shark, they like the great white shark cause they're, they're huge, but mango sharks, you know, I can get like 10 feet long and still go 40 something miles an hour. So I thought that was just kind of crazy. So they've always been uh, one of the more interesting animals on the planet to me. Now that I've heard the pronunciation, I've also realized that has to be the title of this episode is Travis Mako Shark. I think that's part of the reason you like them. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, May Kill Shark. Yeah, that's it. Ooh, we didn't, we were playing a name game, you guys. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, Travis Mako Shark. I didn't even do that on purpose. 
There we go. <laughs> Destiny. It's just subtle. You know, you heard your last yeah. name and you went, oh, this is my oh, favorite shark. That's why. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so, Matt, why don't you share some interesting facts about Mako sharks? I mean, sharks in general are just cool. If you don't know about their teeth, they're basically like 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 escalators like they they just have rows and rows of teeth like they break one off no problem they just another one grows comes forward another reason why maybe this terrifying to, to you bobby just unlimited teeth uh mako also is a it comes from the maori language language if you've ever seen moana i think they're i think i think they're maori people right I, maybe i'm wrong don't quote me on that don't don't come after me disney twitter um but it means uh shark, shark tooth basically and uh, in, in the Maori language. Um, and like Travis said, they're super fast. They can burst up to 46 miles an hour and they can actually jump. Travis said several feet. They can actually jump about 30 feet out of the water, which is, is ridiculous. That's crazy. Like, it's like three stories. That's, that's how far <laughs> they can jump out of the road. And there's some case, some, some cases where, uh, so, so because of that, they're, they're like a really sought after game fish, people that go deep sea fishing and, and, and all that. So the people like to catch them. And there are some cases of where they, where they're, they got them on the hook and they jump so far out of the water, they just land in the boat, uh, which is, you know, not so good for the Mako shark probably, but probably pretty exciting for fishermen. But can you imagine you're in, you're in the water, you're, you're out there on a, on a, on a fishing boat, you got a Mako shark on the line also that jumps 30 feet up in the air. And now you have this, this shark of death, like raining down upon you in, in the boat. <laughs> Uh, so like no, Mako, exactly. Which I've never seen, but I should probably watch that just, 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 just because. Just um, but yeah, one though. Don't look. Don't don't watch the sequels. I've, yeah, yeah, I've heard there's like five Sharknado movies <laughs> yeah. now. And, there's anyway, also Sharktopus, by the way, in case that's your jam. Sharknado oh, and Sharktopus are very so similar. many shark movies to watch. Uh, but no, I've always I've always had a soft spot for sharks because you have people that like Bobby that are afraid of them just because they're sharks. Uh, so so animals that people are afraid of in general are ones that I like to. Uh, not necessarily hang out with, but, you know, like investigate and learn about because, and, and, and understand them to see if they're really as dangerous as they are. And, and Mako sharks are terrifying, but I think they're one of the sharks kind of like a, like a sand tiger shark. Have you ever seen one of them? If not, go look up a sand tiger shark. They look terrifying because of the way their teeth are situated. <laughs> they're just all scraggly too. They look like the way they breathe and draw water over their gills. Another animal, uh, like, like the eel Bobby that draws water by opening their mouth and makes them look menacing. Uh, whereas really they're, they're not at all. Mako sharks, however, are, are probably, you know, scarier than a sand tiger shark, but, um, you know, I'd still probably swim with one. <laughs> before we move on to the charity, and also you're crazy because there's no way. <laughs> but before we move on, to the wait, charity, I, wait, can, can I ask more? Can I ask Travis some questions? I want to know oh, yeah, more about your 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 tank diving. Did you dive with? Uh, did, did you uh, cage dive with great whites? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't great whites. Okay, either. no, yeah, but that would have been awesome. I, I still want to do that. But yeah, I do too. Yeah. It's just that I had an opportunity once in San Francisco out in the Farallones, Farallone Islands, about twenty miles off the coast of San Francisco. But it's like you know, like almost a thousand bucks to do it, which would be yeah, pretty cool. Like, but it's hard to like justify that when I was a college student. So right. <laughs> uh, so some someday I'm definitely gonna do that. Yeah, I, I definitely want to as well. My 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 coworkers thought I was crazy because I, I I had this video where I actually followed around. Uh, a nurse shark just because they didn't even know it was a nurse shark, but it's just, I, I'm, I, I might be crazy, but uh, it's just, I, you know, it's just fun. I just, I want to get a cool video. And if I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, if it turns around, I'll just bat him on the head with my, my GoPro. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a nurse shark probably is not going to kill you. You might get like no. a, a bite, but you're not going to die. Yeah. Be, it's it's worth the story. That's it's worth the story. Absolutely. It's worth the story. 
and then just that it's worth telling Bobby that story to just freak him out even more. Yeah. Yeah. Just a flesh wound. Just lost an arm. No big deal. <laughs> um, Good reference there. Before we move on to the charity, and then Matt, I know you hate these questions, but because last week we had Scott Fish on and we talked about the Archer Fish. So what would win in a fight? 100 Archer Fish <laughs> or one Mako Shark? I'm going to say the Mako Shark would probably make short work of the Archer Fish. You heard it here All first. Travis <laughs> Mackey takes Scott Fish in a fight. The, the, <laughs> the, the Archer Fish just shoots little shoots water at the, the Mako's just going to laugh at him. As I said, heard it here first. We've proven it. <laughs> Scientific. Absolutely. And what charity can people donate to if they want to support Mako sharks or just sharks in general? Yeah, I don't think there's, I mean, there maybe there is nothing, nothing one that I, I have not come across that directly supports specifically Mako sharks. But uh, one, one really good ocean uh, conservation charity is Project Aware. Um, they, they, they kind of do a, uh, kind of a wide cast a wide net in terms of their conservation stuff they they really support all of the ocean so that's a really great one there's uh they have like t- 217,000 different tr- uh efforts going on around the around the world they they remove trash and stuff from the ocean which you know we know is becoming a big problem so very good organization project aware is where you could send your money for that. and if you want to donate to not necessarily black panthers but you know, black jaguars and leopards, you can go to panthera.org who supports all big cats. One of my favorite charities. Make sure you check both those out and also just follow along. I know Matt won't plug this, but follow along what he's been doing with his new league, Redless 3. I'll plug also, it. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Redless 3 is uh, we, actually the startup began today, but before the startup even began, we this is a cheap league, it's a vampire league, so I made the entry fee about 30 bucks. Um, 25% goes to charity, so about 270 to charity just from the entry fees. But then we had a species draft, and people, it kind of happened with Red List 2 where people just decided they wanted to donate money to move up and take in the draft order to take their favorite. Uh, favorite animal that they wanted to play for. And that happened again this season. Uh, and we're already at over a thousand dollars just from that one league to wildlife charities. And that, uh, Ben Burridge, I want to give him a shout out at specifically at Grid Irony UK. Uh, we, al- we also, so, so I'm playing one vampire role, Ryan McDowell and Dan Myler, they're playing another one and they auctioned off the third one. And Ben Burridge at Grid Irony UK p- paid up $500 just to pay, play as the vampire. Uh, in that league. So big shout out to him. He's obviously about half of, half of that money that we, we raised for wildlife conservation charities, but everybody else too. Uh, Tommy Redgrave, 150 bucks to play for, uh, the Asian elephant team. So, uh, really awesome to see the, the generosity of the dynasty community and, and, and really cool to be able to tap into this segment that is also, uh, into wildlife conservation, cons- conservation. Yeah. That's really great stuff. And I'm glad you're able to do that. We're going to transition out of, uh, some nice stuff though into i guess stuff that is just on your mind that you want to get off your chest it's either annoying or you're even angry about it and that's our extinctions of the week uh travis what we do each week or each time we record this is essentially something that you want to go extinct rather than the animals who are in danger of going extinct in the past you know that could be slow walkers on the sidewalk it could be Now I'm just blanking because that is one of my typical examples, but I think you get the idea. And Matt, do you have one for this particular episode? I have one, but I am going to save it for now. I don't, I don't really want to go first. All right. (laughs) I don't don't have a great one. I don't feel. Yeah. You go first. So Travis could go first. 
let's give Travis a moment to think because <laughs> I think he needs it. But mine is going to be, I'm trying to find the right way to phrase this. I don't think there is a great way to phrase this and I'm not trying to get overly political on our podcast, but this is not really a political issue. It's just a human issue. Basically, if you're racist, don't. If racists and racism should go extinct, it's way past time for that to not be an issue anymore. And I'm so sorry to all my friends that have to experience it in any way. And I'm really sorry to see what's going on in the country. And I know this is a heavy subject and we don't want to get too heavy on the podcast, but I did feel like I had to say something. So what I would much rather go extinct than animals who are in danger of going extinct this week is racism. 100% agree, obviously. I have a, I have a funny quick story. Um, I was last Friday, I think this, this is going to make no sense date wise whenever you listen to this podcast. But during these, all these protests on, on a Friday, I heard uh, a guy on a megaphone and some chanting and loud music and cars honking and stuff. And I thought, Oh, sweet. I'm going to get a chance to go to my first Black Lives Matter rally. And, and it's like coming right by my, right, right near my house. So I was really excited because, because the, the way they operate is they don't often, and for this particular, run of rallies and, and protests they haven't uh, haven't been uh advertising them so much they kind of just just happen because they don't want the you know the, the the authority i guess to be able to find them as quickly um so this time i, I was so excited because i there was one i heard from my from my living room i got dressed i walked down a couple blocks and it was a junior high school graduation <laughs> <laughs> not not quite not quite what i was looking for uh but no obviously i agree bobby the the, the, the even if you even if you don't want to be super proactive with, with, with stuff, you know, just educate yourself. There's a great documentary on Netflix called the 13th um, and several other ones as well. Um, you know, just, just learn what's going on. If you don't understand, none of us can really understand obviously that aren't, aren't, aren't black and going through all of this right now, but educate yourself and just learn what's going on and maybe at least, you know, be able to look at things from their perspective. Um, I was going to do that, but it, it, it seemed, seemed too easy uh, a little bit because because I think that's obvious, especially amongst the dynasty community. We're all on board with that. Um, so I'm going to I am going to pick an animal. I'm going to pick an animal to go extinct. I'm going to wow. pick mosquitoes and biting flies because I went camping last week and they ruined my camping trip. They were just all over my girlfriend's dog and we had to leave because she was the poor olive was just caked in them. You looked at her and there you couldn't even see her eyes. There were so many flies and stuff around them. So biting flies and mosquitoes. If there's one animal in the world that I want to go extinct, it's, it's those things. Yeah, that's pretty tough coming from you because you usually defend pretty much. I will not. I will not just defend a mosquito ever. Travis, do you have an animal or anything you want to go extinct? That's a good. I I think maybe just the house centipedes that freaked my wife out like every other day. Good one, good one. (laughs) My roommate is terrified of those too. (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude! There's they're like the way that my wife describes them. You you would think that they're five feet tall, but man, it's it's so funny. Like I know exactly what happened (laughs) because we we have them all the time, and and it's it's well, the good news is they actually kill spiders, Um, and so my wife would be afraid of all the spiders we might have. <laughs> um, she's going to be afraid of something, but the house centipede just cause they're so fast. They're a little freaky. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently they, they have a pretty nasty bite too. I've never been bitten by one, but my roommate talks about all the time about how he used to get bit all the time by house centipedes. And I didn't even know if it was a thing. Uh, and then he showed me one in the house and yeah. I was like, okay, I, I understand. I understand. 
Yeah. We're doing this about <laughs> bugs, and since Matt called me out for a cop out, I guess I'll go. It's for not a, a cop out. It's not a cop out. Way obviously, way more important than ours. Way though, more probably. important. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll go for a lighter note and talk about a bug that I don't like either, and had a personal bad experience with recently. Actually, two personal bad experiences with. So it's the stink bug, and there are stink oh. bugs everywhere here. And one bad experience was my dog ate one that had died, and they have acid in their. Uh, stink bug systems that's what makes them so stinky or something like that and anyway it made my dog very sick so i was not happy about that and then the second one is i woke up in the middle of the night and i felt something crawling around my face which is obviously a a disconcerting feeling to begin with and then i picked it i like was just kind of waking up but only like half awake and so i picked it up right near my mouth and looked and there was just a stink bug like staring back at me in the eye and i flung it so yeah at least that particular stink bug. I don't know if it survived the fling or not, but that <laughs> one should go extinct. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. And that is uh, the extinctions of the week. I did this last time and I'm going to continue to do it here as well. Is there any positive news you'd like to share as well? I know we already shared how much red lists has raised, but anything else, even if it's just on a personal note, go for it. Um, The, the San Diego Zoo is opening again soon, which I, I I think is a positive thing, but also I'm a little bit afraid of. But we'll say it's we'll say it's positive. You know, this uh, the zoo has has treated its employees pretty well uh, during this time. Um, you know, supplementing our pay and things like that to keep everybody keep keep as many people on 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 the payroll as possible, especially at the keeper level. So, um, and and I know we're struggling without the you know, the, the revenue from, from the daily visitors. So uh, I think it's a good thing. I'm going to say it's a positive thing, at least for us and for animals in general and, and, and the zoo community, a little bit nervous just because, you know, I feel, I do feel like this COVID second wave is coming. Um, but you know, what we'll say, that's a positive thing for now. Travis, do you have anything positive you'd like to share? Uh, sure. I've, I've got, uh, I had a family member who, uh, had actually had COVID for, uh, three weeks yeah. Uh, and didn't break fever until seriously after like three weeks. Um, wow. and she is okay now. Uh, she had a fever like, for three weeks, wow. like off and on oh my pretty mo- most of the time for like three weeks. It was horrible. So, um, so yeah, she's a lot better, but, um, uh, thankful for that. Uh, but, uh, also just, uh, my, my, my aunt uh, is very involved in a Chicago sports-based charity, and, uh, they kind of converted to rather than doing sports equipment, getting donations for, uh, medical equipment and it's been really cool to see them serve Chicago. Um, and they've, they've actually gotten a lot of uh, donations and help through that. Uh, and that's actually this, the sports shed you can check it out. Um, my aunt just kind of started that, that from the ground up, but there's, they're still serving uh, Chicago with, with some medical supplies. They normally do a bunch of, uh, <clears throat> used, uh, or just brand new sports equipment and provide, uh, kind of poor school systems or parks or other um, youth organizations with, with sports equipment so the kids can have sports equipment when they probably wouldn't otherwise have it. Um, and then my dad actually is really, um, he, he's retired, but he's got a role with America, America's kids belong, which is a, an adoption and foster care charity. And they've, they've just been still seeing just miracles taking place and families just still adopting kids. And uh, even at, when there just seems uh, to be, so many other things and it, it, it would be an easy excuse with all this going on to just 
kind of toss your your plans aside but uh to to give kids uh like a a lifetime family it's just it's cool to see that still happening so uh there's different chapters all over the country but america's kids belong check it out uh great uh, foster care and, and adoption kind of based charity yeah that's awesome and definitely check those out i don't have uh last week or two weeks ago i shared the news that i'd be an uncle soon or in the next few months um me too man have, oh awesome yeah, yes uncles actually, together yes but, uh, i don't have any news to share that's not on a personal note and honestly it sounds a little tone deaf uh given what's going on so i don't know that i'm going to necessarily share anything besides just the fact that I am uh, encouraged by people around me. Um, I know that sounds weird to say in some senses, but I've seen a lot of, as you guys just highlighted, a lot of people doing charitable work, a lot of people doing good things in you know times that have been stressful for everybody. So while it's easy to get lost in everything that's going on, I think if you actively seek out the good things that people are doing too, it's easy to be encouraged by that, especially... Um, in our community, there's a lot going on, including the Scott Fish Bowl. Uh, everyone gets super excited about it and raises a lot of money for kids. So I'm definitely happy that Scott is continuing with that. And it looks like we're going to have an NFL season. And that will be uh, my positive note for the week. Yeah, I, I tell you, man, like every time I like have a bad thought about the world or what's going on in my life or run into some jerk in the parking lot or whatever, like I just I'm able to like think of step back for a minute and then think about the dynasty community, because honestly, this 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 community is maybe not the most positive thing in my life, but definitely top two to three most positive things in my in my life. And I'm, I'm happy to just to be able to be a part of a part of it, a part of the conversation and be a part of all the good we do in this community. So uh, everybody pat yourself on the back. Everybody, <laughs> everybody listening to this. Yeah. My, uh, just real quick. My wife was talking about social media with my dad last night and she called Twitter cesspool. And I was like, yes, it is. But I also got defensive because <laughs> I was like, but there are some good communities. But... In there. How dare you? So there you have it. Uh, Travis, I want to thank you again for joining us tonight. It was awesome to be able to podcast with you again. It's been Way too long, as we said earlier. You've just gotten too big time for us. But everyone <laughs> yeah. can find all the big time stuff you're doing at fs ff underscore Travis M, right? Yeah, yeah. And it hasn't changed. I know, like you know, Matt went from M Pricer to Matt Price FF <laughs> to who knows what his next move is. That's and it, man. You, you can find uh, Travis at Rotoviz as well as Dynasty Command and a few other places as well. But thank you again, Travis. And you can find Matt at Matt Price FF, as I just said, unless he decides to change it again. And you can find me at Rec Fantasy. That's R-E-K-E-D Fantasy. You can find the show, even though you're listening. I've always found it kind of weird that at the end of the show, people tell you where you can find the show <laughs> at Zuperflex <laughs> with a Z. And that's it. Thanks for joining us and keep it classy. Until next time, Fantasy Twitter.